Alrighty, so welcome to Open Sources Guelph here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico, and joining me is... Scotty Hertz and Adam, sometimes I wish we had visuals because I, I found, I was cleaning up, I found my International Certificate of Vaccination, aka my first vaccine passport. So uh, if you need proof when we're together again that I don't have uh, smallpox or at least have been inoculated against it, I can prove it to you. So. Oh, good. <laughs> In my hot little hands right now. It's a pretty serious looking document. It's uh, like, what? they meant business back in uh, 19X. <laughs> well, you 21. know what? It's 1971. I, I don't want to infringe on your, your rights by insisting on seeing your papers. Um, you know, I'll... You know, maybe oh, we no, should. Just, I insist. I want you to look. <laughs> maybe we should just all be prepared to get smallpox. I mean, it's just a, it's like a cold, yeah. right? But yeah, it's it's you just <laughs> slough it off. It's fine. You'll be fine. I hope you enjoyed our play. Open sources. Scene. <laughs> 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 CFRU's political and current affairs discussion show. And you can find us here every Thursday at 5 p.m. as we talk about the latest news items from 12th, Ontario, Canada, and around the world. And we sometimes interview local newsmakers and politicians. Uh, this week, though, we are just going to talk about the news, including the situation in Ukraine. Uh, Vladimir Putin is all but initiated a full-blown invasion of Ukraine, but is there still a chance that we can call the whole thing off? Then it is back to business as usual at Queen's Park in more ways than one. Doug Ford's taking the tolls off the roads and cancelling license sticker renewal fees. But is this electioneering going to work? But first, uh, the protest is over, and actually the emergency is over too, because on Wednesday afternoon, Justin Trudeau announced uh, just <laughs> less than 48 hours after the Emergencies Act was passed in the House, the emergency is over. So um, that was time well spent last weekend, <laughs> especially since it was a holiday weekend. Um, but I mean, there is still... A lot to unpack. So that's what we're going to do for this first part of the show. Unpack everything that's happened. Uh, there are people facing very serious criminal charges. Uh, people who, for various reasons, have not been given bail yet. Uh, there is civil legal action out there. Uh, there's a $300 million lawsuit that is in process. Uh, the pe- Many of the people who are part of the convoy uh, are parked just outside of Ottawa. They are taking up residence on private farms and private properties in the rural areas outside Ottawa, uh, apparently waiting for their inevitable return. And last but certainly not least, you know, what are the long-term implications of Justin Trudeau and the government invoking the Mer- the Emergencies Act and uh, taking such extraordinary steps. And could there be blowback, not just against future sort of freedom convoy protests, but a future land uh, protests and, and social justice protests and environmental protests, which, as we know, can occasionally get rowdy, although no horns are honked because... <laughs> because almost everyone's on a bike but uh yeah so there's a lot to to unpack uh about what's gone on these last several weeks yeah, and you did touch a bit on it in your article in the today on the weekend there about you know, the powers of the police and mm-hmm. who does what i highly we probably don't have time but it may come up but just i'd recommend people read that for a good rundown a little plug there um but yeah it, there is there's so much to cover and adam i'm wondering did you watch any of the uh 
the clamp down on the weekend, I got I got sucked in. I don't know how. I guess it's because the weather was so wild. Uh, just like, and uh, just curious to what was going to happen because I've been in similar, not identical situations to that. And I thought, wow, how is this? And I don't think it was alone in that. How is this going to go down? And it was, it was fairly orderly. I mean, there was, uh, as far as those kinds of things go, there were a lot of uh, accusations and some, I guess a, a few protesters got roughed up, um, but not to the level uh, other things that I've not only seen, but uh, you know, Every, everything that we see but I, what i really yeah. wanted them to do was and i don't know if you saw it there was a there was a, a woman with a rainbow coat on and a pigeon on her head and i'm like oh god please talk to her please <laughs> please, please talk you have to talk to this person because you know because that's i don't know maybe that's how like kind of flat it was it was just kind of like, oh are they gonna are they gonna beat on people i don't know i i, I just it's. I had a feeling that was gonna. It was going to be kind of a, a flat ending, but it's as as you said, it's not over. Uh, where to start this? The uh, um, bail hearings, I guess, for Pat King and Tamara Leach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, pretty. Much, I haven't been following that directly, but some of the traffic on Twitter. I love the line that came from the Crown. Said, "Well, we have a truckload of evidence <laughs> against us. Like <laughs> this person really has a." sense of humor in the middle of all of this and that was actually where pat king was served with the lawsuit that you mentioned mm-hmm. he was served with the papers in court what was it 306 million dollars like mm-hmm. this is what we're gonna nail you with so yeah they're they're not as lippy now that they're in uh custody right uh i'm, I'm I, I would imagine that a lot of people are being lippy for them uh online which i'm been not trying to avoid but it's just like uh I still get most of my news from like legitimate news sources that I'm not going to, uh, let's say, <laughs> spit on, punch, uh, yell at, call fake news, which mm. and we did talk about that too. Another framing of it. You could see in that, in the takedown that they're all kind of in plain clothes uh, once again, but of course they're recognized. So, mm. um, so yeah, it was, you know, a bit of a fizzle, I guess, but as you said, they're gathering, where is it out near Arn? I don't know if people know that area, but Arn is outside of Ottawa. Yeah, um, they're kind of sitting, sitting, idling, waiting. And actually, I did see a thing today that there's a convoy headed to the Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, inspired by, inspired by Canada or what happened in Canada, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's the movement has. I'm not saying it's bled over the border. It's kind of weird. It kind of came from the U.S. Mm-hmm. hybridized and now it's gone back down it's 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 uh uh something else <clears throat> yeah i saw somebody say that uh, the convoy is about ending mandates which by the way is like happening everywhere in the united states like even places like chicago which had yeah, some of them were like what mandates like what are you talking? yeah <laughs> i never seen anybody in a mask or anything it's like uh like in chicago where there was like a literal court showdown between uh teachers and the mayor about going about starting school like just feels like a few weeks ago is but i mean actually i think it was a few weeks ago it's like at the beginning of the year mm. um but yeah even in you know chicago they're easing mask mandates so and and the other part of it was they're protesting high gas prices which isn't joe like by driving <laughs> it, yeah it isn't really but i mean it's also not really joe biden's fault because there are big international pressures on the price of gas which we get to in a bit mm-hmm. 
but i mean it is it is somewhat appropriate this goes back to america like the 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 american influence was all over this and we saw that at the tamara lidge um bail hearing where her husband Dwayne comes in and says well she was exercising her first amendment rights and i mean this oh is, yeah yeah this is a constant eruption of manitoba jokes because the the first amendment of the canadian constitution was the the manitoba act which created the province of manitoba in 1870 um but i mean in in sort of laughing at the ignorance of this, it, it does speak to, uh, I think, a very serious issue of ignorance is that a lot of these people watch American TV, uh, are familiar with like the American political buzzwords like the First Amendment and freedom of speech and Miranda, Mar- like Miranda rights was another one. You didn't read us yeah. on Miranda rights. Well, th- I mean, that comes from a specific Supreme Court case called the, the People v. Miranda. Um, too much law and order, I think. Probably. And too much law and yeah. order. I mean, I, I can't blame you. I'm a fan. Glad yeah. it's coming, coming back next week. <laughs> but um, it, it's, um, look, it, you know, it, there, there is a serious information deficit. And Charlie Angus sort of uh, nailed this in a piece in the National Observer when he says, um, sorry, I wrote it, wrote it down. Canada has... Uh, is not prepared for the onslaught of misinformation, which is kind of like what this is the first wave of Uh, people who have been sold a a bill of goods, people have been sold conspiracy theories and, and other misleading information. And it's all based on a foundation of, and understandably so uh, we can't trust the government. We can't trust big pharma. We can't trust um the media and i mean all of those are legitimate concerns but i i fear that um we're gonna move on now it's it's a moving on time that story is over and you see it on the american networks too they're mostly focused on ukraine stuff now Mm -hmm. but i mean last week it was you know uh (laughs) wall-to-wall canada uh just about not wall-to-wall canada but certainly like not an insignificant amount of of time on cable news was dedicated to canada they've now you know all the american reporters have you know left town um i you know it it, it's just it there are serious issues coming out of this too and to you you talked about how it you know the 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 police action seemed rather stayed that you know it wasn't kind of a a g20 uh, rakeout, shall we say? Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, Anti Hate Canada made the point too that that footage is going to be used for years as a radicalization tool. As, yep. as a, like, look at this is your your tax dollars at work, kind of like sarcastic framing. You know, the you're the police beating people just like you. Um, that's what it's going to become. And I, and you know, even though no one was seriously injured or killed for a 24 hour period, there were people online sharing this post from some Fox News contributor whose name I didn't, I've never heard of, um, saying, you know, somebody was trampled to death. Mm-hmm. And it took her a f- more than a day to not only correct it, but to delete the offending tweet. But of course, by that point, it had been shared thousands of times. And people like Ted Cruz, who also has a platform, are sharing it. Like, can you believe this? And of course, none of these, th- none of the people who hit retweet on that are, are going to take it back or post a correction. And um, 
you know, I guarantee you a year from now, you're going to be at one of these, well, more likely I will be at one of these rallies and somebody will say to me, you know, they killed somebody in Ottawa when they cleared out the Freedom Convoy. And I'm going to be forced to say, no, they didn't. And they will say, yes, they did. I saw it from X source. And then it, it will go all the way back to this person who posted false information and left it up to fester for a day. Ted Cruz, technically a Canadian, right? But they uh, (laughs) (laughs) don't tell him. (laughs) No, that's a lie. Actually, no, it isn't. Show us your birth certificate then. Ha. Um, (laughs) Another story once again. But yeah, so and the police, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I think we've talked about this already is like no one or most of us don't want the police beating on anyone, whether they're on your side or not. It's like. The sticks were pretty intimidating. I, I don't know what these like plain wooden. I was like, what? I don't know if that was for a visual or what. It, it doesn't matter how it happened. They're they're done now. They're gone. But I love the whole. Oh, we can't tow the truck. It's really difficult. And then within minutes of this, like everybody getting cleared out, did they just started hauling stuff away? It's like mm-hmm. you're saying you couldn't do this. So I, I don't know if the. Uh, I guess there'll be an inquiry because of the emergency act, even though it was only on for a limited period of time may cover those things, but there's definitely a lot of, uh, I wanted to say tactical, but not, I don't really mean that in terms of uh, who handles what in this situation, because we saw, Mm. and I guess we'll get to it a bit when we talk about provincial, but Mm. uh, uh, John Ford like completely washed his hands of this. And technically Mm-hmm. You know, the road in front of the parliament is actually uh, like the city of Ottawa's responsibility, but by extension, it's the province should be looking after it, right? Mm-hmm. Parliament Hill, again, there's the National uh, Capital Commission security people. So there's all this overlap. It's like, who is supposed to handle what? Is like, And you say, was that the problem? Mm-hmm. Or is it the fact, you know, is, is there something else? Um, and I'm not sure if this is the something else, but I'm, I'm sure you heard about the 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 leak Adam that everybody is all over in terms of the release of the names as to who gave what to the yeah, convoy. Yeah, yeah. And it turns out there's a bunch, at least a dozen, I'm saying a bunch, it's a handful <laughs> of police on this list. Mm-hmm. So there's this weird thing going on where it's like, it's being pointed out by the media. It's like, okay, there's police on the list and the police are like, well, that information was obtained illegally. However, because of some of what is contained in there, we're going to look into it anyway. There's this strange yeah. kind of like, well, we found this out. Uh, even though you found it out in a roundabout way, we're going to look into it, right? This is like, and they won't. They probably won't, right? Mm. It's probably more embarrassing to have your name out there. And I think, you know, in terms of, let's talk in terms of privacy and that kind of thing. I would say if the shoe was on the other foot, to use that old metaphor, um, if, if it was a release of data from another uh, organization mm-hmm. and it was, you know, let's just say for a sake of argument, there was everybody that gave to Greenpeace and then people find out that information and, and throw a brick through your window. Like, I don't know if that really achieves what people thought it was going to achieve in terms of releasing those names, mm-hmm. you know, find out whether your neighbor or a you know, counselor in center Wellington or whatever it was is on the yeah. list. And then that becomes the story. Yeah. Um, I would think most of the people that gave would probably willingly admit that they had given to this thing, but you know, that there's a bit of a bit of a line crossed initially there. And then it just, it just, it just blew up. Right. So, you know, these are the kinds of things that have spun out from this and it's like, well, where, you know, where does that go? Is everybody's privacy going to be completely invaded? 
uh, when something like this happens. And th- that was this is emergency act aside, mm-hmm. the emergency act, you know, fr- freezing bank accounts and that that uh, got out of hand too. Where it's like a couple of MPs were like, "Oh, it was a woman in my writing, and you know, her account was frozen, and she just bought a T-shirt or something." And it's like not true. Mm-hmm. They're just saying stuff, but it's like okay, you know, some people's accounts are frozen. It sounds like some of them are becoming unfrozen. I'm not sure with the end of the emergency act is everything unfrozen. They're going after cryptocurrency as well. It's like it's it's hard to almost it's hard to unwind some of this. Like what? So who is it? Because just before airtime, I heard that the one of the go uh, not the what is it? The Christian GoFundMe. I don't know what the heck's it called. Give, give send go is back online. Yeah. And raising money with Tamara Leach's picture, yeah. And again, it's millions of dollars. So it's like, what is what has been achieved here? She's being held in bail because she's, you know, liable to reoffend. But there's also some kind of argument that, that she doesn't have any money. Well, I mean, there's like, how that, do you not have any money? <laughs> like, what? right, right, right. But there's that, and then there's also the fact that her husband flew into Ottawa on a private jet, or was given five thousand dollars to fly into Ottawa on a private jet. By some first, from, he didn't know who it was, and then it was like, well, it was Joseph. It's like, it's, right? Why do you talk? You don't know who, right? You don't you know a Lear to Toronto. Like, you come on. don't know who put you on a private jet. Get out of it's here! Ridiculous. I mean, you and I have arrest friends. him too. <laughs> <laughs> I have friends. You have friends. We all have friends. Very few of us have friends with private jets. I mean, I know somebody from my Ontarian days, a colleague who like flies flies prop planes as a hobby. But I mean, it's no private jet. He's like flying around northern Ontario, <laughs> you know, sightseeing yeah. and things. Those but, with means have private jets. So who yeah. is it? So who's yeah? Who's giving him private jet rides? Uh, I think that's. I mean, that's a, a longstanding question. And I, I think, unfortunately, the focus is on um, the people who gave like 10 bucks, 20 bucks. And, you know, I looked through, I, I managed to get a copy of the, the data and I looked through it. Um, I, I was just looking through it to see who from Guelph gave. And I looked through the postal codes and it's a relatively small number of people. And, you know, in, in seeing the names attached, um, mm-hmm. Only two I mean, in the ward. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like nobody you would know. Right. I mean, th- there may be a couple of sort of well-known business people and a couple of people who seem to use their U of G or business email addresses pretty freely. But uh, I mean, yeah, not otherwise, wise. no, no. But I mean, otherwise, <laughs> it's like it's it was like really small dollar donations. And uh, last Thursday, when they when they announced the three hundred million dollar lawsuit, I actually got on the Zoom call with Paul Champ and hmm. the, the like some of the people who are like part of the lawsuit. And I asked him, I'm like, well, you know, I'm from Guelph. Um, like a lot of the people in my area gave like an average of like twenty dollars. Like, are you gonna? <laughs> go and shake them down for their pennies. It's like, absolutely. Um, oh. <laughs> which, you know, you know, again, speaks to the, like it's over, but it's not over because, you know, Paul champs coming for you if you donate it. But th- this is kind of what I find disturbing. is like chasing down people for 10 bucks, 20 bucks, uh, chasing two people down period is kind of disturbing, but, you know, just, you know, chasing every little small dollar, donor i don't think is going to be pers- or, or particularly dissuasive and again it's going to reinforce this idea of a tyrannical government of like dictator trudeau and and all of this stuff somebody like Corey woods the the guelph Hermosa township council you mentioned mm-hmm. um you know he s- s- spoke quite readily to both 
Guelph today and the Wellington advertiser is like, look, my family, I'm from a rural family. I'm from a farm family. I'm from a trucker family. Uh, these are my friends. These are my neighbors. And I'm, I'm trying to help them defend themselves. And it's like, okay, that seems logical, rational, reasonable, except that the people at the head of this, like Tamara Litch, uh, Pat King, are kind of the worst possible actors. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, and we... You know, the, the the most difficult thing about all of this is not to shove the pe- the the small dollar donors, the people who got swept up in the hype, hyper the the hyperbole and hysterionics, and lump them in with Pat King because that's how you get them radicalized by cutting them off from everything else. And it's just, I fear that's the way we're going with this. If you were even just tacitly involved. You're just like, oh, my friend went to the protest. I'm giving the protest cause five bucks. Now you're the, an enemy of the state. And that's not going to de-radicalize these people. I'm not sure what would de-radicalize a lot of these people. But I know that vilifying them and suing them into the Stone Age certainly is going to help. Well, and that's the thing. Like, Did the money go to the hot tub hosers? <laughs> or is it going to Diagalon, right? Like, right. That, that's, you know, one of them you'd say, okay. They're just out there. They're they're being jerks. They're breaking every known bylaw probably ever written in a city ordinance, um, and the horns. And there's a way to handle that as it was handled with with the uh, that lawsuit by the young woman who uh, did a solid for all of her neighbors. That is mm-hmm. totally one thing. That's an extension of this this other the the undercurrent that's going on. Mm-hmm. Pat Pat King is not a good guy. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, and it was brought up in court there about how he's he's said racist things, has these opinions about the you know the Anglo-Saxon race disappearing. Um, that's a quote, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Tamara Leach a, a, a bit more uh, mysterious, I guess. I don't know whether she travels in those circles, but um, you know, it, so if you're you're giving whether it's five dollars or a hundred dollars, if you're giving it to them, are you giving it to this amorphous? the truckers or mm-hmm. the farmers right and mm-hmm. that's not the, the that's the problem with how all of this came together is if it was if it was an established credible organization of some kind even if you don't agree with what they're doing and whatever you could you could go back on that and say okay well there, there's, there's some credibility there this mm-hmm. is just this is willy-nilly throwing the cash around whether it is 10 bucks or 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 thousands as some have given Right. Mm-hmm. So are you funding the insurrection? Are you funding the next insurrection or the one that hasn't happened yet? Are you funding the next border blockage? Mm-hmm. Which I would say, you know, if that really began to tighten, then it's going to affect the truckers and the farmers and everyone that you, you are, you're claiming to, to be supporting here. Because mm-hmm. re- really, that's what's going on. It's like, okay, you're, you're going you're gonna to fund this thing. They're going to block the border. And then the auto plants have to shut down. And everything needs to, everything's going to close because you don't want to wear a mask in the Walmart, right? So that, you know, it's, there is, the, the line isn't a firm one. And that's that's the problem. There's this this cloud that it all exists in. Mm-hmm. And I guess part of the, the part of the hunting it down is trying to find out, okay, so where, you know, who is, who are the really, really bad actors here? Mm-hmm. And who are the people that thought that they were trying to, um, you know, help out a movement, which is so, you know, it's, it's, there's nothing solid, <laughs> there's nothing solid about it. And, that, and that's its key problem. And I've said this before, if they ever, ever get really 
and truly organized mm-hmm. than look out, right? Something to be mindful of. If they ever get, if this gang, and they are a gang, ever get their act together in some way and, and play by established rules, there is going to be an even bigger problem than all this crap that's just happened. Well, I mean, if, if such a group can get its act together, I mean, I think that's that's one of the things I've, you know, heard some of the people involved in the protests say, like, we, you know, we can't believe we got a, away with this, like the setting up the encampments yeah. and, and things like they can't believe that there was there wasn't a, be- a better response. I mean, so at once, you know, all their expectations about t- a tyrannical government came into play. But at the same time, uh, <laughs> their worst thoughts about just how tyrannical the government is didn't exist. And at the same time, um I mean, there was a big protest in front of the un- the Alberta legislature on Tuesday with the throne speech. Um, and Jason Kenney, you know, had come out and said, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're totally on course to, like, take away most of the restrictions on March 1st. Like, we're going to we're going to announce on Saturday if it's like, if it's a go or no go. And here are these people out in front of the Alberta legislature going like, no, we don't want mandates. And Jason Kenney saying, like, yeah, we're taking them away. And. I think that's the big question going forward is like, what happens then? Uh, what happens when there isn't this big thing that's sort of driving all this social anxiety? Does, does the anger and stuff go away? You may be thinking, yes, but there is a place in Alberta called Mackenzie County, which just passed a bylaw that says, if you have a vaccine mandate, you are ineligible to apply for new contracts with the county. Wow. So, that is like, I mean, that is some straight up like Ron DeSantis stuff going on in McKenzie County, Alberta. And, you know, again, Alberta on the cusp of undoing almost all of their restrictions. But where are the loudest, most virulent, most obsessive anti-mandate voices in Alberta? Mm-hmm. It's it's bizarre. Well, because I did see somebody at the legislature there and this and the the media person was like, well, I mean, it's going to be gone by March 1st. It's like, well, we want it now. We want it right now. <laughs> March 1st wait. is Tuesday. Wait. March 1st is Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. And it's just not even like, it's the shortest month for God's sake. Like, yeah. It's just, it's all, no, we want it. We want it right now. And I'm like, uh, I mean, you, you waited this long, right? But yeah. So that, yeah, we, I did hear that about this, this, or briefly saw the headline about that, that, um, the county that doesn't want anyone with a, a vaccine mandate or whatever. But then, the, you know, the flip side is the, like the review cinema, which I used to go to a lot when I lived in Toronto is like, mm-hmm. no, we're just going to maintain the passports till, I don't mm-hmm. know, longer than well past all of this, these restrictions coming off. And U of but, G too. You know, what's that? And U of, U of G too. Oh, and U of G too, at least, well, they said at least till the end of the semester, Yeah, semester ends, it's quiet on campus. And then it's the whole, well, we'll see in September. Right. But yeah, in terms of where the attention is going to turn, and this is going to be a problem because, well, for one, COVID isn't over, right? So mm-hmm. is this wave going to be wave six? I'm I'm trying to be positive about things in this life, but uh, <laughs> it's probably going to be wave six. What level it's going to be at, we don't know. Uh, so that that is part of the great unknown. But where is it going to turn? It's going to turn to all of these other subdivisions of this movement, which is the racism which is the, you know, they took our jobs thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Like all of that stuff is, is where it's, it, it, sorry, it's already there in some elements. Mm-hmm. That is where it's going to go heavier. 
because we've seen lots of elements of that in Ottawa. It's undeniable. Um, you know, I mean, you name it, the homophobia, yelling at anybody that had a mask on, um, the setting fire to the apartment building, which was never, which will probably never be solved. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, those kinds of things. I think that's where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And even probably when COVID is behind us, whenever the heck that is, but it's not going to be March 1st. Um, that's where it's going to go. And that, that needs to be cut off. Yeah. Right. Coming up wave six, the undiscovered country, but also coming up, uh, (laughs) we're going to take a quick break and play a little music. You are listening to open sources, Guelph here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca Guelph campus and community radio. was our Royal Cat Records pick of the week, Royal Cat Records 21 MacDonnell in downtown Guelph. And I played that one because there are a lot of fans of the Sadies out there. Definitely some listen to our show. And then this past, a week ago now, I guess we lost uh, Dallas Good at the age of 48, one of Canada's finest guitar players. I had the pleasure to see him more than once, and I was blown away by what was going on there died uh very young the song is called lay down your arms mm. and the album is stories often told from two back in 2002 so probably on vinyl somewhere uh <laughs> check out the sadies if you haven't yet i would say one of canada's uh greatest bands mm-hmm. frequent flyers through Guelph too oh yeah well that their last show was uh hillside inside the last thing that they played before Dallas Good died was a local uh, show. So is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's I believe that's available on YouTube. It's, it's obviously worth checking out. But yeah, sadly, that's uh, um, <laughs> Hillside Inside's claim to fame this year was the last proper Sadie show. So, and I was glad to have seen it actually. But uh, crazy. Uh so it is scary times in Ukraine. Uh, Russia is invading. Uh, although <laughs> the exact definitions of what constitutes an invasion and what's being invaded is debatable. Oh, where to begin? Vladimir Putin came out on Monday and in a long, rambling, hour-long speech, uh, delicately explained how Ukraine is a Western invention, basically, and uh, he wants to take it back for the Soviet Union, even though that's not a thing that doesn't exist anymore. And so he declared that two areas in eastern Ukraine that there, where there have been some, uh, shall we say, separatist Russian leanings, uh, Donetsk and Luhansk, uh, he declared them independent countries because that's a power apparently Vladimir Putin has to just declare independent countries and other countries. And uh, his military forces started going in. That prompted a stern, um, a stern, I guess, rebuke from the West, new sanctions, 
against Russia, including um, perhaps most famously the Nordstrom, uh, the Nord Stream 2, I should say, uh, pipeline, which brings natural gas from Russia to Germany, long been sort of a holdup against really getting at where Russia feels at most, the gas tank. And uh, Germany's new chancellor, Olaf Scholz, uh, did agree that uh, there will be no natural gas flowing through that pipeline until Russia changes its ways, if Russia changes its ways. And that brings us to about Wednesday night, where there was a state of emergency declared in Ukraine. Airports in eastern portions of the Ukraine were closed. That was a separate action from the state of emergency. And by the time you're listening to this, who knows? It could be World War III. <laughs> well, yeah, true enough. Like, I, th- I think the phrase of 2022 is fluid situation in all things now. And this, this is definitely one of those because a lot will probably change by the time we uh, record this and it airs. So, but yeah, this is so much to get on top of uh, sanctions. Limited sanctions were uh, implemented by Canada and others. And I'm fairly sure they discussed it because they were all similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, no financial dealings with the breakaway republics. However you want to divide that, I'm just going to call them breakaway republics, but um, because it is actually, you know, part of Ukraine, but yet not part of you. I I don't know. Let's not go down that road just yet, I guess. But Mm. so I'm not actually sure how much economic dealings are had with those. They're they're economically depressed areas, for one thing. Mm. Uh, The the reason why there's a huge Russian presence there is because coal mining in the Soviet era, i believe it was post-World War II. There was a massive injection of, of Russian uh, ethnic Russians to that area, even though at that point, Ukraine was part of the Soviet Union. And that's where Putin seems to be getting this whole, well, it's not a real country. It, it, this weird, like, well, if it wasn't for the Soviet Union, they wouldn't even really exist or they wouldn't have any infrastructure. It looks like a lot of the infrastructure there is left over from Soviet times, like not a lot has happened. Mm. But again, that's that's something for uh ukraine to deal with i would say right but mm-hmm. now you could you could feel this coming i'm not only i'm looking back putin has been talking about something like this for the whole 21st century you don't <laughs> have to go too far back to see it's like well you know the the donbass blah, 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 and nato encroaching on us and like he he's made comments to this effect for the past however many years let's let's just say 22 for argument's sake right and now that he's 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 getting up there. I guess he's 70 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing the signature move. Not a signature move, but he's going he's gonna to leave his mark with this wherever it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And I had a feeling, I had a notion in the back of my head, there's the significant, guys like Putin will pick significant days. And I think it was either Tuesday or Wednesday was what they call Defender of the Fatherland Day. It's a, mm-hmm. it was a, it's a big deal in Russia and it was in Soviet times. Uh, it's, pre- it's the equivalent of... Um, like your your military appreciation day mm-hmm. in the Soviet Union. So here's this symbolic day. It's a national holiday in Russia. And then all of this kicks off. It's like, do your duty. And I guess Ukraine is doing the same thing. I heard just before going to there, it's like, okay, it, it's pretty much, and they're still sticking with these sexist terms, but you know, all Ukrainian males get your guns, essentially mm-hmm. civilians to arms. Like th- this is, it, it is classic. I don't want to say World War Three, but this is, you know, we, we are in that zone now of what is going to be global conflict unless somebody 
blinks, somebody uh, backs off. But yet, I, weirdly, the tone of the well going into the the uh, the Donbass area is like they're still not quite considering that, a, and some people aren't considering that an invasion of the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And I'm having a little bit of trouble getting my head around that. It's like, okay, well, that's where the border is. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of Russian people there, and there's there's those. Uh, things on the news with fireworks going off and Russian flags, but it's like technically, so it almost feels like it did with Crimea back in what was that 2012, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, well, we'll get, we'll give them this one for now, but then where, what's the next breach, right? Is it further into the Donbass? Is it is it on to Kiev or right. Kiev as it's known now? I still say it the old way, um, <laughs> but it's like. Yeah, th- this is this is tense. It's I mean, it, the confusion is coming from the fact nobody wants a war. But I mean, you can make the argument there is a state of war now. There's you know, he he declared two parts of the country, two parts of another country independent and then send his troops in. And it's like on a well, peacekeeping mission on a peacekeeping right? mission. Like, what? Yeah, right. Which is, you know, if if this was his 19- code, right? <laughs> it's like mm. if this was 1938 and Putin yeah. was Hitler, you know, we would say, you know, there's uh, you know, there's a war coming. And all this sort of proves is that, you know, what Thomas Friedman said you know, was incorrect, you know, as long as two countries have a McDonald's, there won't be a war. Um, it turns out, you know, you can have a war when <laughs> you have one side that cares deeply that nobody says the word war, another side that's like, oh, we're just not following any of the rules, so who cares? And I'll let, you know, the listener decide which one is which. But at the end of the day, the, the, the weakness in the West is sort of feeding the opportunism of Putin. I mean, there's a reason why he's going now, aside from, I mean, the, the greater general time period, not just the very specific time period, the spe- specific day you mentioned. But, you know, Macron's up for re-election this year. Uh, Russian tried to interfere in the last, you know, French, French presidential election. Uh, there's the new guy in Germany. Uh, you know, we just had an occupation of our own citizens in our capital. Uh, Boris Johnson is under assault because he turned Downing Street into a frat house. The U.S. midterm elections this year and uh, all the, you know, the loudest, most obnoxious leaders of the opposition party are fervently pro-Russian. There was a guy on Newsmax the other night. It was like saying oh, a war with Russia would really hurt us because we get so much from Russia. And we're like, what do you what does like what does Russia produce gas? <laughs> Nobody like I mean, and this is the other part of it too, is like there's there's aside from a bump in gas prices, there really is no economic penalty for the US. There's tremendous economic penalty for Europe. But for for the US, you know, you're talking about dealing with a country, Russia, which has uh, an economy, I think half the size of California alone. Mm. So um I mean, it's it's a it's a war that everybody seems and seems to think is inevitable, but at the same time, it's a war that nobody on one side of the war wants to fight. Um, at least in terms of the allied structure. And what does Putin want? He said, you know, the other day, he wants an end to Ukraine's bid for NATO um, membership. He wants them to halt weapon sales to the Ukraine. He wants the international community to recognize. Crimea. And if you're like a peacenik to an extent, you're like, well, thinking, well, that's a kind of a small price to pay for no one to die um, on either, you know, the Ukrainian side or the Russian side. Well, 
I see your point. But on the other hand, uh, wasn't letting Putin have the Crimea supposed to <laughs> stop his uh, desire for for more expansionist tendencies? I mean, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I can't remember who said it the other day. I was watching TV and they said, you know, we, we have a situation where, you know, nobody nobody wants to be Churchill, but nobody wants to be Chamberlain either. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one, actually. Yeah. But yeah, and, you know, this is the thing with Putin. I mean, Crimea, Crimea was one thing and mm-hmm. Crimea what was is there. I guess it's all unique situation time, but Crimea was Russian uh, given to the Ukraine when it was all one country. Technically, the USSR, not mm-hmm. technically it was mm-hmm. right. So um, Donbass is a, is a, is a bit different, but uh but with, with Putin and and NATO, going, you also need to kind of go back to Soviet times as well, or the fall of the Soviet Union. So let's say 1991. Mm-hmm. And there were promises made then to the, well, the, the remains of whatever they're called then, the Commonwealth of Independent States, I think it was, right? Mm-hmm. Under Boris Yeltsin. And it was around about the time that Yeltsin had, you know, warded off an, an attack. I don't know if you remember that. I, I can vividly see it. Uh, you know, buildings being bombed in, in Moscow. There was like a, an insurrection, I guess, from mm-hmm. communist insurgents, I guess. And it was put down. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, we're going to draw this line here and say, you know, anything, anything former Warsaw Pact, we're going back that far, will not be part of NATO. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, a bunch of back and forth again about, was it the Minsk Accords? Mm-hmm. That was under Clinton, right? And there was, you know... a on the one hand, Clinton's saying to, okay, no, we're, we're going to do this. But then out of the other side of his mouth is like, well, you know, if they want to join NATO eventually, then they could join NATO. So right. rather than, I'm not, well, I was, I'm, I was going to say rather than sit down and talk, but I think Macron and Putin went at it for like five hours or something, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And maybe he just let Putin go, let him unload. The interesting one, I don't know if you saw, was Putin sort of hauling each of his, I don't, I'm not even sure who those people were. Like, well, let's call them his cabinet. Mm-hmm. making them stand up and say, yes, you should invade. Yes, you should. Yes, you mm-hmm. should invade. Mm-hmm. Uh, or we will, sorry, we will recognize these, uh, the republics. Right. And then there was one guy that kind of hedged and Putin just went in for the kill. And <laughs> this is the difference. He did. This is the difference between uh, Putin and Zelensky. Zelensky, say what you want. He seems like a smart enough guy, but he is way out of his depth on this he is absolutely and somebody like putin who sees weakness will just go for it Mm -hmm. i'm not sure people know about Zelensky, but you know his whole thing started he played president on tv Mm -hmm. servant of the people starts a party called servant of the people servant of the people wins a huge majority in the ukraine election and he becomes president um but it's like, what else have you got? You know, people always say like Trudeau's credentials are kind of shaky. It's like this guy is essentially a comedian. Mm-hmm. It'd be like electing Eddie Murphy, president of the U.S. And speaking <laughs> of which, I just want to get this in quickly because I heard Trump was praising Putin. Did you hear this? Yes. Yeah. Trump is like, oh, a genius move. Why didn't we think of that? We should, we should do the same thing on the Mexican border. It's like. Oh, I was about he to just, let's say WTF. That's all I'm going to say. He just can't. I mean, despite like everything that happened in the Trump years, I think the most indelible image from the Trump years is that Helsinki meeting where they they come out of the meeting and Trump is like hunched over and he looks 
like completely you've been miserable. told son <laughs> but yeah you know that's it and like putin comes bounding out he's got this smirk on his face like he just had the best time ever and it's like i have videotape that's what he said <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't know what he said because at the end of the day, we still don't know what went on in that meeting, which is pretty damning. And like the maybe to the the last word on this is uh, what I'll say is, yeah, that image of Putin going around the circle, um, pretty damning. But and Putin does look strong. But I've, I have heard from people who are like Putin experts who were like talking about how it's it's kind of a false strength that he's built on. He has a, a as he's gotten kind of gotten more powerful and he's held on to power longer, his circle has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. And, um, you know, he's perhaps not thinking things through as clearly or as logistically as he might have in the past. So, um, you know, I, I, I think no one's in a position to say what's like really going to happen or how it's all going to turn out because I think a lot of, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors on Russia's end too. Uh, more to come on this one, right? More to come. Uh, speaking of smoke and mirrors, uh, Doug Ford went back to <laughs> what he knows and, uh, and uh, that was stickers. Uh, he has canceled. <laughs> He is yes. <laughs> True story. <laughs> he has canceled uh, the the repayment fees for or the renewal fees for your license plate stickers. You do not have to pay your 120 bucks when you go in uh, on your birthday to renew that. Uh, at the same time, he's taking the tolls off the 412 and the 418 highways in Durham region, conveniently next to the GTA. And uh, this is widely being seen as some opening moves for the election. Um, you would think that there'd be some more interest in dealing with the pandemic, but uh, apparently the pandemic is over. Uh, but yeah, so it was an interesting uh, launch, the new legislative session this week. And uh, so I guess, you know, enjoy that extra $120 in your pocket, Scotty. Don't you love that, Adam? You get to subsidize <laughs> all the drivers now. I know. <laughs> you haven't been in the open source mobile in years. Like it's just, it's not I know. Fair. I know. It's not fair. It's still running but barely but anyway we'll get to that some other <laughs> when we go back on the burger tour but yeah what what will the price of our burgers be i'm sure uh ontario is not going to help with that i love the story that i heard today about the um budget deadline being moved mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you may remember people back in 2019 there was uh it was uh fideli got up and said you know this is an ironclad promise we are going to have the budget in the can by March 31st, and if we don't do that, we're going to give 10% of our wages away. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to penalize ourselves, even though him and the premier are both millionaires. So it's really mm-hmm. chump change. Does It's not coming out of their wages, believe me. Anyway, it's not going to have to because they bumped, <laughs> they bumped the deadline to April 30th. Yeah, And of course, they're blaming COVID. COVID, yeah. COVID, COVID. Everything's back to normal, but COVID, no, we have to do the budget. And it just so happens that puts you know the, the budget talks and when it is, I, I believe Catherine Fife, who was on today, I accurately said, you know, it's, it's, and I'm paraphrasing, it's pretty much just going to rain money. And yeah. <laughs> the, you know, that's the end. And it's close to election time, right? So, I mean, that it's, sounds, it's, it it's, sounds really cynical, but that's, 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 what's, that's what's happening here. It's right up to when they call the election. Like, I, I would yeah, not be like, like we get the budget April 30th. It passes yeah. by May the 4th and then it's election time. That's uh, yeah, it is. It is 
it is nakedly shameless. It just, it's, it's so shameless. It, it almost goes without yeah. saying. Yeah. It's, I mean, and this, this was done. It was done before. I mean, in the wind government, there was a year where they delayed till April. Technically they're supposed to, you know, the fifth, the, the Ontario fiscal year is April to March. So they really should table the next year's budget before, but yeah, all this does is sort of, it's going to be a big money drop. There will probably be some austerity stuff in there buried in the fine print. Oh yeah. That will be discovered after it's passed. And after, you know, everybody has time to examine it and start asking questions, but yeah, it's essentially going to be the kickoff to the election. It's smart politics. It's bad um, policy, but you know, there it is. That's, that's kind of what's going on. And it, it all, it's all of a piece, right? That, um, Ford wasn't in the legislature on Tuesday, the first day back. You would think there would be lots of questions given everything that's happened in Ottawa and Windsor. Not just that, the legislature hasn't sat for the entirety of the Omicron wave, even though uh, Horvath, Schreiner, and I think Del Duca too all called for like emergency sessions to deal with it. But uh, the legislature missed the Omicron wave. Um, and, you know, that's... Because this would be like safety, safety, safety or something. Right. <laughs> and realistically... Well, not- well, I mean, not just that, but I mean, the again, the optics of it, like you don't want to look like you're being hammered by the opposition every day. Uh, yeah. And it's just it's there's so much on the go. You know, Mike Schreiner it comes in on Tuesday and says, I want to introduce a motion to make mental health part of OHIP. You have Wayne Gates in a, of the NDP making the case that in his area, Niagara region, there have been days and days of, you know, ambulances being taxed sometimes an ambulance isn't available when there's an emergency call you have all this serious these serious issues not to mention like the stuff in ottawa and stuff in windsor and doug ford was apparently supposed to come back with some legislation to codify some of these emergency measures like something like the defense of critical infrastructure act in the um in, in alberta but we get none of that instead we get stickers and we get tolls off the highway and yeah it may feel good if you live in dufferin county that you know you have more options to drive but you know that's it, it, it's it's you know it's not going to solve any of the new problems we're facing and it is definitely isn't going to solve any of the old problems either because time and again uh the creation of more roads doesn't lead to less congestion it creates more congestion and apparently this is a lesson that still hasn't been learned well, I think Ford and company see meat and potato issues as anything to do with a car. Anybody that drives a car, like it's, sure. it's the focus from the from the shoveling out of the cars yeah. to like it. It just seems to be a focus for them. And this business with taking the tolls off the road will say, will say, okay, fine. Like there's there's local roads that are congested, whatever. But couple that. Uh, with the the sticker announcement, it reminds me of the Harris sell-off of the 407. Mm-hmm. Because you are you're literally giving up a billion. What was it? One point one billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So people don't have to to renew their car sticker. It's like you, you are literally just doing this for votes. And one twenty is some kind of magic number because it was the same for uh, those of us in the trades. <laughs> our, our fee had gone up to one hundred and twenty dollars, and now it's gone. Mm-hmm. So that's another. I don't know if that was aimed directly at tradespeople to like you know 
consider the conservatives next time you vote. The College of Trades could talk for an hour about that and what a mess that was, but don't want to sound too much like a conservative because I'm not. Uh, but so this is the it's it's the free money thing beginning. I was sort of interested in the Green Steel announcement. Mm. Uh, that was it didn't really fall under the radar, but a little bit. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, like this, this is interesting to me because Cole, like, um, the Cole, you know, Cole and Hamilton, or not Cole and Hamilton, sorry, steel making in Hamilton is still Ontario's biggest emitter, right? Mm-hmm. So to here they are doing something positive to tackle climate change, where the electricity is going to come from is another story because uh, it isn't going to be from windmills. Um, <laughs> but, that, you know, that, to, to me, that, that's significant. I don't know, maybe it's just because that's on my radar, my radar is different or whatever, but that like, it, it kind of came and went. It's like green steel. It sounds good. Okay. We'll go, we'll go with that. Mm. But it wasn't Stelco. Cause okay. I don't want to get too deep into the steel question, <laughs> but, but there's an example though, right? It's, it's Hamilton steel town, uh, NDP territory, tried and true probably for the rest of time. Right. right. Horvath, so I don't Horvath's know that's backyard too. Horvath's backyard. Right. Yeah. So it's like, what uh, is this going? Will that make a difference with some votes in that area? Because everything they're doing right now is completely contrived. I don't think there's anything going on right now that is just sort of like we're doing this for the good of the province. I am that cynical, but I think the conservatives are probably that cynical too. It's like, although there mm-hmm. was a moment of unanimity in this, I don't know if you were going to get to this, mm-hmm. the censoring of Randy Hillier. Yes. They've told no, Randy Hillier to get, get, get lost. Yeah. Right. I'm still curious to see like how he will fare in the election. Oh if yeah. He, if he can, you know, eke out a win and come back as an independent or as the Ontario first party or whatever the heck is going on, if that paperwork ever got filed. But uh, yeah, that, I mean, I think that was a bright spot um, with Paul Calandra coming out hard and saying like, you know, he said and done some things in the last couple of weeks that uh, like reflect badly uh, given his position. And, you know, he's not allowed to speak and, you know, he doesn't have speaking privileges in the house until he formally apologizes and not just like a tepid, you know, Twitter apology either. Like he has to, you you know, put stuff on letterhead and send it to people. So it's, yeah, I I will say that is uh, at least one good thing that came out of this week is um, that, you know, actions have consequences. And Randy Hillier has been an- acting like uh, nothing. He, I was going to say something else. Uh, and yeah, his, his, his something else doesn't stink. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I think that was uh, the right and correct move for, for the government to make. I, I don't think he's capable of a heartfelt apology. And no, uh, if he, I mean, if he does get a reelected, that'll <laughs> say probably more about the county out there. I think all they need is sort of a reasonable, fairly somewhat known conservative could probably uh, take the writing, but he's already been censured once before, right? Wasn't there was a hubbub about a mask and he's like, I have parliamentary privilege. I don't have to wear a mask. That's right. But yeah. there's also that photo of him making the rounds with a diagonal flag right. and a bunch of random people at some campsite somewhere. And it's like, you're in with the insurrectionists, dude. So <laughs> I'm not sure how you apologize for that. Or like, I didn't know what that flag was that wants to create its own white ethno state <laughs> from Alaska to Florida. I had no idea. So somebody hands you a flag. What are you going to do? <laughs> it's got a weird cross thing on it. I don't just wave it around. 
<laughs> I thought I thought we were all going to church. I thought we were all going to the you know Trinity yeah. Bible Church again. But, <laughs> That's uh, right. Uh, Eat some yeah, barbecue yeah. and yeah, go in the hot tub and take the bouncy castle and oh boy, get your stuff. It's gonna be it's, it's gonna be a great police auction in Ottawa this year. Oh man! Uh, <laughs> Let's take the source mobile and go check it. Out. Yeah, we're gonna make some summer plans. That's the end of the show. We hope you liked it. And if you want to stay connected to us, go to our website at opensourcesguelph.com. You can find us on Facebook at Open Sources Newswire and on Twitter at os underscore Guelph. If you'd like to listen to the show again, you can download it from our website every Monday at the Guelph Politicast channel on Podbean or through your favorite podcast app at Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. You can find me personally at Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson, and you can check out my news and politics site at guelphpolitico.ca. Scotty Hurts on Facebook, Scotty Hurts on Twitter. Not there a lot, but I'm dipping in to check messages. And uh, for all things CFRU, check out cfru.ca slash shows and find out about all the great stuff going on on this station. And there's going to be great stuff with DJ Sounds Good to Me here at the top of the hour on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. We shall return next Thursday at 5 p.m. for more open sources. And we will see you then.